So we have Jacqueline London with us. She's a registered dietitian and author of the book, Dressing on the Side. Thank you so much for coming on with us. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. What a treat. We have been so looking forward to you being on and just getting to sit and talk with you. And we all got your book and we have all sifted through it. And we have just really enjoyed a lot of, a lot of different yes, aspects of it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Wait, I might have to take a script. Okay. Yes, I literally, yes. my, I'm taking a screenshot right that. now. This <laughs> makes my whole day so Wait, my day. This makes my life. This is so exciting. I mean, it's so helpful. Like, it really does break it down in such a good and, like, fun manner. So it's, like, so easy to just, like, digest. That is exactly what I was going for. So (laughs) to hear Mm -hmm. that is, like, such a huge compliment. Thank you. That really makes me feel like I'm doing my job, you know? You are. It's food. You are. It's great. It's just meant to be. It's meant to be not so um weighted of a topic which is actually sort of a good pun but but really <laughs> it's really not meant to be you know like it's supposed to be shared enjoyed and also mm-hmm. to have some humor about it so I'm, I'm really glad to hear that it makes me so happy so how did you get into the nutrition industry we can start so, from that yeah so I was um God, how did I get into, how did I get into nutrition? No. So I was a dance major in college. Um, mm-hmm, I studied cool. dance and history. I say that as I'm saying that I'm like, wow, my slouching, I should probably say, oh, no, I'm like history. leaning like, in. I got to fix same. my posture. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I was a double major in dance and history. And I just always felt like dance as a, as a sport, like the idea of dance as a sport was not really being understood or taken seriously at the time. It felt a lot more academic, which was, I mean, there were so many pros and I loved college Mm -hmm. so much for so many reasons, but I felt like that was one big piece that was really missing is like, Mm -hmm. we got all of these academic um, courses under our belts. We got all these dance courses, but there was nothing that really spoke about the physiology, the biochemistry. There was one very basic anatomy course. And I just remember it being really hard and thinking that's so scary and, and sort Mm -hmm. of avoiding all science whatsoever, like during college itself. And then when I graduated, I was working for a year in PR, um, in New York and it was hello recession. Like it's so fun (laughs) to like graduate into a recession. And then, um, I, but I did, but at the time I was just so miserable. I was working all the time and it really forced me to think more about what I wanted to actually do. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had always been sort of, orbiting around the idea of like, okay, so understanding physiology, anatomy, biochemistry, that would be really interesting to me, but I was so scared of doing it. And then at that point, when I was working in such a miserable work situation, I felt like Mm -hmm. it it felt like, well, it can't be harder than this. Like there's, (laughs) which is a crazy thought to have now or to, or to put it in those terms that it was um, seemed like a more exciting option to go do something that I thought was really hard versus doing something miserable and really hard. So, um, so that's how it all started. And then I worked, um, after my dietetic residency in, um, in New York, I worked at the hospital where I did that residency for a number of years and was working specifically in, uh, traumatic brain injury and stroke rehab and spinal cord injury rehab. So it was really, um, it was really, it's really interesting how that kind of worked out because it was very much about the, you know, the brain and brain injury and what it means to kind of recover from brain injury. But it 
really came full circle with all things related to um, sports and rehab, because that was sort of the mm. trajectory of a lot of patient care was like to go into this um, more interdisciplinary rehab facility that was acute rehab that really kind of brought together all of these different moving parts of what it means to, um, to be more physically active and how important nutrition is for all of that. So that's sort of the snapshot of, yeah. of how it all started. But yeah. One of the things that I read in your book and I really appreciated and I thought it was really cool, your philosophy was that um, you're, the only thing that you would restrict in your diet is restrictions. Yeah. And just, I think so many people can, and have, have this psychological idea of a diet and all these things that they can't have and can't um, consume and need to stay away from and all these no, 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 no's. And you plainly like state how bad of a mindset that, it, that is to have. And that was one thing that I really appreciated. Do you think, I know, um, I know a former Ravens cheerleader and I, I know this is just kind of a funny, uh, memory that I have, but they weren't even allowed to have fruit because there's too much sugar in fruit. That's so and funny. So you're, you're shocked by this. So I assume that's not, um, that's not one of the things so that inspired crazy. you was like a, a dance, um, not at all. having like a dance background. And I know like, um, being in that kind of very, where your physique is on display, not all sports are like that dance is one of them. Yeah. And I know it can be very restrictive for those reasons. So I wasn't sure if that was one thing that kind of helped you realize like that's an unhealthy mindset to have. That's such a good point. I mean, it's, it's true. It's like your, that's such a good way of saying it, that your whole body's on display, like in, when you're dancing. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, it's really so true of all sports in a way, mm -hmm. but it doesn't yeah. not seem that way. And I, I'm sort of disturbed yeah. by this realization I just had in this moment, which is that I wonder if that's kind of like the sexist. I mean, that feels a little bit like mm. this sort of sexist undertone of like what the ideal version of a woman should look like, should be, yeah. should, I mean, but there's also this concept of, of taking up space that I think is really integral to lots of different types of dance. It's, it's really much more um, part of, I, I would say, ballet culture versus the rest of dance in general, mm. which is way more about the taking up space concept rather yeah. than keeping things so, um, so small. But yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. restriction has this um, really interesting cyclical relationship with making you just think about the thing, either the thing that you're mm -hmm. restricting or lots of things that you never even had your mind on, but all of a sudden, because you've taken the steps to restrict something or cut something out entirely, you're thinking about it tenfold. So you're thinking about yeah. it in different ways and it's coming up in different areas of your life. And I feel like, you know, I mean, if there's ever been a moment when we're definitely seeing that it's definitely it's it's got to mm -hmm. be this last year and a half right because we all yeah. had to restrict like the amount of things that we could do in some way or in some area of life so the idea of um and we all saw what happened which is that people were either you know like going rogue or feeling like they were going nuts <laughs> or 
yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like any number of different things, right? I mean, it's just been tough mm-hmm. to to whatever yeah. extent. So it kind of it kind of shows that perfect example of exactly that. The more we restrict, the more we cut back, the more it backfires. But the yeah. cycle of of restrict and binge and binge restrict binge restrict, I should say, um, that just kind of continues is not only, I mean, I think a lot of us know that that's, or can see why that's really psychologically damaging, but it, it can also mm. be physically damaging long-term. Like it can have, um, some of some really real effects on your metabolism long-term, your heart health long-term, your, um, risk mm. of other chronic diseases. So it, it's really one of those things that feels like a band-aid attempt in the moment when really it, it's more useful for us to kind of figure out what it is we actually want and need, and then go get that and then continue mm-hmm. doing that on a consistent basis. But I think that sounds a little more simple than it probably mm-hmm. is in real life. Yeah. When we get caught up in this idea of restrict, restrict, restrict to be what at the end of that, to, to feel mm-hmm. what, right. Cause once we've taken everything away, what do you, you know, it's hard to feel like like your whole life is about the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like once we've taken everything out and there, and the process is just torture until you get to, to ascend to what, you know, like yeah, funding, life. right. Like, <laughs> it's just right. like, like right. okay. You know, I mean, it, it's sort of, that's the, that's, it's a, definitely something that I feel like uh, in the last couple of months, I've found a lot more with even more than I already knew when I wrote the book and, and, um, and in general is that sharing meals with people, like the value Mm -hmm. of sharing meals with one another is real connective tissue. And sometimes you can't always do that. So like, even just getting, even just being here right now, like even having this opportunity is like, we get to sit together and we're all in different places, but we're, we're still sharing a a discussion about food or like talking about Mm -hmm. the experience. Um, but yeah, but it's the basic physiology for sure that gets ignored so often. Are you actually hydrated? Have you eaten enough today? Are you skipping meals or are you eating consistently? How much sleep have you gotten? Which always plays yeah. a role and is such a hard one, but, mm-hmm. um, but that happened to me the other day. I was like, well, I had a flight and I was home late and I was like, I'm just like really hungry today and I'm snacky. <laughs> and it literally hit my mind. I was like, Huh, this seems familiar from when like the book says, like when you're tired, you just like are more likely to want to eat something comforting or something of the sort. So it was just really interesting whenever I like read these things and then it comes to me when it's like happening. I don't mm-hmm. want you to get not enough sleep, but I do like that you had a real life experience with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I gotta start going to bed early again because I'm still feeling it, but we're getting through it. I had that same kind of moment happen the day that I picked up the book for the first time. It was like after the weekend and I just hadn't been eating well and I hadn't been working out and I was overly tired and all these things. And I literally thought to myself, I need to go on a detox. Like it's terrible. And then I opened up the book that night and that was the first chapter. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Chapter one, just hit you. It just... Yeah. I was like, wow, this is, that's such a good transition, Colleen, because that was such Mm -hmm. a good chapter. So the concept of detoxing your body by, let's say taking a supplement or drinking a celery juice or the master cleanse, which I feel like had a moment now almost a decade ago. Is that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it kind of rears its ugly head once in a while. Anyway, the concept of detoxing in general is, um, redundant to what you're 
your vital organs already do. That's what mm-hmm. they're there for. So as long as you That's have a functioning job, yeah. gut, they're doing a great job. They are killing it every day, <laughs> all day. <laughs> and they don't need any help by not eating. You're, you're just basically, you're doing literally nothing for the process that they are consistently running for you. It's like, uh, it's Mm -hmm. like on loop, essentially your digestion begins in your mouth. You process everything through your GI tract and your kidneys regulate your acid base balance in your body, your pH balance and your liver, um, metabolizes and kind of um, reconstructs any, anything that is left to be repackaged and reused mm-hmm. by the rest of the body or gotten rid of and excreted. Um, and the same is true of your kidneys. So we just get rid of the things we don't need and we keep what we don't. So that's what your body already knows how to do. Um, mm-hmm. but the detox idea that I, that's really, I've seen come up in lots of different ways and, and why I chose to start the book with that, um, with that kind of awareness is that I felt like, first of all, I know exactly that feeling, right. Which is like where you have been going so hard for like <laughs> a period of time, whether that's like seriously partying all the time, every night for like you know, which is usually what we've experienced mm-hmm. with the holidays, right? Like it was like, yeah. a po- like that post holiday yep. feeling of like, oh my God, of course it's new year's. And I've just been eating gravy and like <laughs> casserole for like the last yeah. three weeks and drinking all of the like Bailey's Irish cream is like what I'm imagining, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, um, so that, that feeling is so real, but really it, it has such a temporary and such a slippery slope effect where you restrict for a certain period of time, your organs don't gain any kind of benefit from that doesn't help you optimize functionality of, of vital mm-hmm. organs. But, um, but all you do is like feel really cold and feel really hungry and exhausted for about a week, maybe a couple of days if you're lucky, or maybe it's up to two weeks or, or something, a period of time that is, mm-hmm. um, that is then everything backfires. And a lot of people I would find would, would come to me after something like that, like reading about this kind of elusive jump start, which I feel like is mm-hmm. one of those lines that honestly comes from so many different places, but it definitely is one of these magazine culture. I feel like jump start mm-hmm. as a cover line has been around <laughs> for a long time. Um, yeah. start jump start. Um, and it sounds like such a great idea, but in reality, like what a real actual jumpstart looks like is uh, eating consistently, eating more veggies and fruit, including um, more seafood, more real whole foods, and, you know, maybe going, going, doing a little bit less on the casserole and, and Irish Bailey's (laughs) Irish cream, (laughs) just doing uh, just a little bit less, Mm -hmm. but you know, I mean, maybe it's wine instead of a white Russian. I don't know. A white Russian is like a <laughs> random drink. I sound like I'm a hundred. Yeah. No, a white no, Russian. Let's have We're white big Russians. espresso martini fans. So we can use that oh, yeah. as the term. Yeah, we are. Have you guys tried the canned version of those? Are those no, out yet? They know more. Okay. Where, where do we get She's that? in New York. I she has this. the No, I didn't even, but they're not out yet. Like that's the oh, thing. Man. I just saw them on Instagram somewhere. I have to look into this. Yes. Yeah. I have to look into this because I feel like they're coming. They're coming for us oh, just God. in time for the holidays, they in which case definitely we are. Well, so that, so w- when it comes to like whole, whole, what is it? Whole 30. I don't know these names. Oh yeah. Like keto, mm-hmm. all the, all the ones that like have gotten around. Have you, all the fads, all the fads. Are you yeah. normally like, these are not yeah. helpful longevity I mean, wise. I, it's funny. I was talking to, um, I was talking to some folks at a couple, I want to say a couple of days ago about whole 30, which I feel like you don't hear quite as much about yeah. now. Um, 
and I think it's because it's kind of blended itself with keto ish, even mm-hmm. though, but the crazy thing about whole 30 is that it's based on nothing. I, I mean, it's not even based on research. So I think wow. it's almost like wherever they stopped is where keto kind of picked up its momentum by, by saying, this is the biological process that you're going to have when you go on this time and like really got way into the weeds. Um, because once it was sort of revealed that there's, there's literally no reason to get rid of legumes. Like that's literally, that's nature's gift to us. Chickpeas, peas, lentils, peanuts, right? Like these are the best foods that you can possibly find. And they're also Mm -hmm. interestingly, the most affordable source of of protein that you can really find. So, so the idea of arbitrarily cutting things out for no actual reason and no really defendable reason um is kind of hard to wrap your mind around but you know i think i think there is something to the idea with whole 30 that you have these 30 days to give yourself again that kind of reset and i think that's there's something really appealing about that but when when i've been asked about this by clients my my sort of my go-to advice for how to frame it so that it might actually work better for you is to not think so much about the restrictive um, components of it and to think about what it does promote, which is like more veggies and fruit, which is one thing, like anytime that's a takeaway from any type of fad or um, way of eating it, it does, it can at least have that benefit, right? So if you're not totally ready to say goodbye to every possible fad out there, like, okay, that's okay. Okay, let's start here. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, um, and I would never give the advice to lose like starchy vegetables, like potatoes and sweet potatoes, which are also amazing, um, and yeah. amazing for for health and for making things delicious. But um, but also <laughs> pulses and um, and legumes because that's sort of just nuts. I just can't. I never really got past that part. Once I saw that part, I I like flung the book across. Yeah, the you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> With keto, though, uh-huh. the crazy thing about keto is that it is a very real. Um, dietary intervention for that's, but it's only been studied for pediatric seizure disorder. So like, it's Mm -hmm. really, it has a very specific intention and the way that it was studied is specifically for, um, Mm -hmm. uh, for children who were refractory to seizure medication, which is like just heartbreaking to think about, right? Because it's been Mm -hmm. so exploited and so it's used everywhere. And then you think like, okay, there are people who really need this treatment and this intervention yeah. and and we've just like exploded the internet with you know nonsense about like keto flu keto breath keto right <laughs> yeah. then take these keto pills which I have no idea what that is I yeah. did I did write about that once but I can't I can't remember what was in I've got to go back and look at my notes on that but the interesting thing about keto is that it does have this like kind of seductive um way of making people think that it's really effective, which is that you lose water weight somewhat immediately, like within about the Mm -hmm. first 48 hours, you start losing water weight. But the second you eat one carb, it it's bad. I mean, you have one mini pretzel and it's over. So that's the kind of thing that like how long, and even if, you know, and when I, I, I've talked to people who are sort of finding me after the fact or feeling like what happened? I thought I was doing so great. And then I had two pretzels or like I had, you know, a cocktail, like a, what, I'm thinking of like an a espresso martini, an espresso <laughs> martini. Thank you. Yeah. Like one little, um, <laughs> one a little bit of joy, no cherry, your little bit of joy. And then all of a sudden it's all back, um, <laughs> but it's, it's largely gotten. So I think it, 
I think that kind of thing feels really empowering. This, this idea that it could actually work like, Oh, finally something that works. But the truth is that anything, you know, if you put it in the context of like, isn't, isn't really part, so many of our dream of our dreams (laughs) is to like, Mm -hmm move somewhere else once in a while. I mean, or maybe travel somewhere or like, I would give this Mm -hmm. example of what if you decided you really, your life stream was to be a pasta maker in Tuscany. You can't be keto and do that. That's going to be hard. How will you know? How will you ever know if it's good? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, so the idea yeah. of like, you don't want the way that you eat to be so restrictive that it changes your, your lifestyle life. choices. You yeah. want it to fit with your lifestyle choices. And I really appreciate you like bringing up that like restrictive things and dieting like isn't helpful because when I was in high school, I think like I was like all about crash dieting and it was so unhealthy, like my senior year, I think. And my mom had to like hide lemons from our house because I found out like if you cut a whole lemon, if you put a whole lemon in your morning water, like it really helps with like losing weight. And she was like, this is so unhealthy. Like I just viewed like gaining weight as bad, you know? And like, it was so like, this is bad. This is good it's so unhealthy. Like I had such an unhealthy relationship with food for so long because of that. So like, I really appreciate you telling people like, you don't need to view like eating as bad or good, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the ultimate advice of, of the book that I feel like is sort of Mm -hmm. where it's going in lots of different places in different chapters. Yeah. It's just that like you really do in order to either maintain or to ultimately lose weight, having a healthier relationship with food and eating consistently or like choosing right. to eat consistently and then also incorporating activity consistently is ultimately the best possible thing mm-hmm. that we can do to kind of set ourselves up to feel better immediately. And I, I think like this you know, cause I definitely understand. I feel like that was such a, that was such a high school time, like of this idea that you had to be a certain way or that certain things would help you to lose weight or that, and that other things, right. like there was so, they were so susceptible to that kind of mm-hmm. mindset and ideology at that point, at that moment in time, especially if it seems like um, like it can be something that's a really quick fix or a, a short, you know, oh, I'm just doing this for five days. Like, let me just see what this is like, yeah. but without realizing that the effect of that is just this perpetual cycle of confusion that makes us feel like we really have no agency about our health. Like that's sort of the way that we wind up feeling is like your weight and health are completely out of control and, or out of your control. Like you don't, you don't have any ownership of it. I think mm-hmm. that's the really dangerous part, right? Cause it's really about the patterns more than it is the food itself. It's ultimately like, you know, mm-hmm. we have so much of our overall metabolic rate is, is, um, is genetic. Some of it has to do with the food that we eat, the, the, um, digestion and absorption of the food we eat. Mm-hmm. And then some of it has to do with how physically active we are and, um, and how much lean body mass we actually have, which is really one of the main, um, one of the main actually modifiable ways that we can improve. Like if we wanted to improve metabolic rate, we, we would talk about, uh, building more lean body mass, which is, um, an interesting, an interesting component, but it's, it is something that all of those things, like when you think about it, that, that takes time. Like, it's not something yeah. that's going to happen overnight. You don't get muscles overnight. Right. Like, right. so, um, and also I, I feel like it's the kind of thing that when I would 
when I would see people in private practice, like when I was seeing clients regularly, I would always hear this idea of like, I don't know what happened. I just woke up one day and I had gained weight and I, I, you know, walking someone through where this starts, it, it so often starts with a period of restriction and then ultimately mm. spirals into, you know, this long history with, with binge and restrict and with thinking, you know, of a certain mindset that a very specific set of rules has to determine what your choices are when actually you have no choices with rules, right? Like you want to yeah. have a framework right. and then be able to make those choices within a framework. Because if during the week you're like, Oh, I'm going to eat well. And then I'll ball out on the weekend. Right. That's such an unhealthy Mm. like cycle. And if you think like more long-term of like, no, I'm going to aim to eat well this whole year, you're not like, I got to eat the chocolate this Sunday before my diet starts tomorrow. You know, you know, what's interesting about that is I would actually say that neither of those helps us in the moment because really what it, I, I think it's, we're better suited to think to be a little bit more like fish, like to have a oh. really short-term memory. What am I doing two hours from now? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, because, because ultimately, like, if we think in those terms, like in the present moment of enjoying the meal, right? Like what, how can we make this taste delicious? Like, what are we going to put together tonight for dinner? That's going to be amazing. And I'm going to really enjoy it. And then, and then we think about two hours from now, it kind of gives the perspective of like, okay, if I'm going to bed in two hours and am I, do I really want to feel stuffed? Or Mm -hmm. do I really want to feel, or if I'm going to, you know, go to a workout or if I'm going to go sit down with you guys, like I'm not going to have a super heavy meal right Right. before I get on the, you know what I mean? Like we, I think we lose sight of the fact that we do, we are affected by what we, we're not, you know, Silicon Valley bro optimizing Mm -hmm. with his fast and juice, (laughs) whatever. Um, But, but we do, we are affected by what we eat. So how do we want to actually feel? And then thinking about it from that standpoint actually helps give us a nice little framework for both weekday weekend all the time and then it comes from those like really small um shifts so so for me it's like yeah it's not so much it's like oh I'm gonna eat healthy this week so I can fall out on the weekends it's Mm -hmm. just usually we'll go and see friends like on the weekend and go here and then that just usually like results in you eating in uh, like less nutritious foods. So then by Sunday, I'm like, well, I just want to eat healthy foods only. And then you just eat healthy foods all week. But then by the time the weekend comes, it's like the same cycle. So it's hard to just even like break that. But I still think it's just keeping in mind, like say Wednesday, you're in the mood for like something that's like not as nutritious, like that's okay. You can have it. And then maybe that'll help on the weekends. Like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I feel like we get, and am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yeah. All I can, okay, good, good, good. Okay. I was, we get stuck in the fuck it mentality. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, first of all, there's the out, like when you think about like really going hard on the weekend, I always think about my mind first, obviously goes to college, which <laughs> makes me think about amaretto sours. And I'm like, that's really gross. We were oh never going to get drunk drinking those. Like, I don't know what, Ooh, what yeah. was the point? Like anything with sour mix, I feel like red flag. Oh. Okay, right, but not, right. not even from a nutritional standpoint. I, I just, um, effectiveness. I was just someone, right. In effectiveness, yeah. it's like, first of all, your hangover is going to be real. Yeah. And second yeah. of all, you mm-hmm. are just kind of, you are loading up on, on calories from added sugar for no reason because you're not going to feel any, you're just going to feel full of juice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Doesn't sound right. terrible. But, um, but like there is something to like the actually enjoy, like it kind of, it kind of brings me to this, um, place of thinking about what quality means for you. And I feel like the, the point is that quality is different for everybody. Maybe there are people out there who are like, I love sour mix. 
And I don't, I don't know you, but I, I I'm not so. judging you. I'm just noticing that you love sour mix. <laughs> no, but I, but I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's so interesting. It's so interesting to think about in the context of like quality being a personal thing. We all right. have our, our own things that are, um, priorities for us when it comes to drinks, um, when it comes mm-hmm. to food, when it comes to dessert is a great example. Like I, I made this point in the book that there are so many ways that we're randomly eating dessert without realizing it. Like that there's lots yeah. of different ways that added sugar oh, come yeah. our lives throughout the day without necessarily um, having the awareness that, that it's happening. So having that consciousness and knowing, okay, this is actually a chip that has for whatever reason, a ton of added sugar. I'm going to not have these chips. I'm going to have a different chip. And then I'm going to have my actual dessert tonight after dinner. It sounds yeah. really simple, right? But it's, it's like, so it's that shift in, um, mindset of like just what you're paying attention to that that winds up having the biggest impact over time. But it, it really yeah. is a personal choice about what is quality to you. We want to talk about our new sponsor, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this video. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, such as anxiety or depression, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating within just 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash same time next week. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for same time next week listeners will get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash same time next week. That brings me to my next thing of like labels. I Mm. know to look at labels. I understand there's things like you're like people are saying like there's just like things in it you don't want to consume and give your body, but you try and then it's just like, what does this even mean? This one has it. This one does. I'm confused. And then I just give up, you know? Yeah. My biggest advice for that would be to, um, check labels for the first ingredient. Cause it's, it's okay. interesting that like things are labeled by the, um, in the order of how much is in the product itself by weight. So like okay. when you choose something like a whole grain bread, let's say, and the first ingredient that you would want in that is a hundred percent whole grain wheat or hundred percent okay. grain oat, depending, like depends on the type, the type of grain, but when, but it's tricky because you see a brown bread at the supermarket and it can sometimes just, it, it might just say enriched white flour. Is oh, the first yes. Right. So like right. it, because sometimes, because that's, you know, I mean, it's not so sneaky, but it's sort of sneaky. Like you're kind of like, yeah. oh, wait, I thought I was getting the whole mm-hmm. grain bread. Right. So the second you look at that first ingredient, then you have immediately you're already choosing something that's more wholesome, more nutritious, closer to its original version of itself. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. the simplest right. way I can say it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like instead of thinking about healthy, clean, which is like one of these words that really bothers me. I'm annoyed. Yeah. You know, like I what, use what it all the mean? time. Right. <laughs> no, okay. Here for real, no judgment. But <laughs> but the idea of something being like um you know, clean, healthy is another one, but also because healthy is a bit of a misnomer when it comes to food, yeah. right? Because it's like you're, you can only, you want to be healthier, but like your state of health is a product of both your physical and psychological and emotional and mental health. It's not just yeah. about like a number or a measurement, right? Um, so but the, but yeah, but I find, I've found that that framework of like looking for the first ingredient to be a real food and making sure that it's not like a sneaky concentrated source of sugar, which can be like sort of an advanced course. Like maybe we just start out by looking for the real food itself, um, automatically sets you up for a more nourishing snack meal ingredient okay. overall, because you've already taken like the primary by weight amount of the product and made it into like you chose that one so there you go so now you can build on it rather than thinking like oh this one's not as delicious as the other one well how can you build on it to actually include more food rather than less food <laughs> yeah it's like it ultimately will um allow you to do that without thinking about the restriction or the cutting back or the eating less that's super helpful thank you can you when you mentioned college can you give us some pointers on like the healthiest drink to order at a bar. Oh yes. Okay. So my big tip for this one would be to choose like within, within a, within, (laughs) within a financial budget, what's the best spirit that you can afford on the rocks (laughs) and that you can afford to drink like maybe more than one, but that isn't so, um, I'm trying to think of another good example besides our obvious like a like fireball like something that's not I mean fireball is not high quality I don't know where that came from but like something that you would not want to just like suck down like something that you are like this is hard but I'm enjoying it (laughs) (laughs) like that's the like vibe you want to have so that you're sitting there and drinking it and sipping slowly just naturally because Mm -hmm. you can't chug it you it also while you're drinking something like that you also have the ability to drink something else like water, water. Yes. Mm-hmm. you know maybe also a diet soda and iced tea right exactly because like you want it like you have some you have a moment to actually do that while while your friends are drinking their long island iced teas and you're like <laughs> suckers at disney world they have grown-ups lemonade and it's the oh, it's so good it's Wait, dangerous it's like black cherry <laughs> it's black cherry lemonade and oh, then shit. there's some type of like vodka, some oh, flavored shit. vodka. I, I don't know, that. but it is so good. And whenever I think of like a drink that I would just guzzle down yeah. and not realize that, that there's any alcohol in there, that's what I think of. <laughs> I, okay, I had um, a martini the other day for like the first time. I don't normally yeah. order these, but I was like kind of feeling like something strong. Yeah. And it really truly works. Like you drink much slower. I remember I only had two <laughs> drinks because I was like very slowly drinking this thing, but it was yeah. so good. And then mm-hmm. I kept having to drink water because it was so like, it was like pretty right. strong. And so mm-hmm. I was like, this is such a key to life. Like a little tip, <laughs> like you were just, like, cause I'm just a fast drinker. I talk fast. I like to do things. So I, I know just, yeah. you're like, let's get it done. No, I know. <laughs> I know. It's sort of like, um, I mean, another great example, I mean, really, again, advanced course, I would say, because like the vodka, the gin and the martini, either of those are great, love it, happy, wonderful. But if we're going more, if we're even going to something more adventurous, I 
mildly more adventurous. I just feel like I've recently discovered Mezcal, which is so mm-hmm. amazing, but also like I had this one, I mean, <laughs> my husband and I were in Mexico. In, oh, amazing. In food, and it was so glorious. We went to this restaurant where I was like, am I drinking detergent? Like it was so strong, but also right. so oh hot gosh. that I just felt like I was like, <laughs> No, I love it. I'm sweating this out while I'm sitting here. It's just, it's fine. We're good. Like it's good. Um, But yeah, but that kind of like rich flavor, really smoky. Like it, it makes it feel like it's part of the experience and less like, um, like you're, you know, taking shots or like playing flip cup. You know what I mean? It feels more like, like actually enjoyable, but it, uh, it gets you to the same place. Let's say it's because I feel like, I feel like I've been told it needs to be like a clear, like clear is better, right? Clear, but really all of them are clear unless, unless it's, you know what I mean? So like, yes, clears, but it doesn't have to be like clear, clear, like a gin or vodka. It can also be brown and clear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And then you can mix it. Like you suggest soda water. I would say soda water and tonic water would be the thing that I would say skip because yes. tonic oh. has all of this added sugar, but it's kind of like less, it's because it's less popular. It's like people will sometimes, um, now Thank I'm you. seeing people like mix it up a little bit, but it's, it's different. There's uh, actually a ton of added sugar in tonic, um, wow. which can, can again, make you feel seriously hungover quickly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's good to know. But yeah, but, but like sparkling water, I love it. Love okay. it. Okay. I pretty okay. much exclusively okay. like, drink. Please don't tell me I've sparkling like phased water. Phased out tap water at this. I mean tap mm-hmm. water. I phased out like not sparkling. Any type will do for me as long as it's not like tonic, just because I would prefer to eat food and not drink yeah. it. So can you tr- like talk about how you say that like unsweetened tea and like coffee is actually yeah. like, hydrating? Yes, Sophia. I feel like this one's aimed towards you because. She thinks, well, I'm sure if we drink it the way we drink it, like very sugary coffee, then yes, it's dehydrated. I'm sure not good for you, but it's, I was surprised to hear that unsweetened coffee is not too dehydrating. Wait, so no sugar at all. If you're having Splenda in there, if you're having the sugar-free syrup to add a little bit of flavor, if you're adding like a pumpkin, I'm really into pumpkin pie spice this time of year, but like, Mm. I like to add it to the milk. Like it makes it, um, that much more delicious and also feel kind of luxurious, even if I'm (laughs) making it at home. But, but I mean, like there's lots of ways to get the flavor without like loading up on the syrups. Um, I just, I just think that it's more like these, um, the the real deal pumpkin spice latte or vanilla yeah. latte that has the whipped cream and the um and the sugar in and the sugar yeah. and the syrup in there is what winds up adding up faster and then you know then we're having a ton of added sugar and we haven't even gotten to our you know apple pie yeah yet. yeah I don't know yeah. I just wanted a fall dessert I felt like no it's the right okay. reference <laughs> no this is good to know it's just because when we all get coffee and stuff when we all visit each other it's really just do black coffee with organic whole milk i'm very like just need I'm very keen on whole milk very okay, keen. okay. especially that in coffee how much are you really having you know just what i mean bit. like right. that's, that's yeah. what i mean i mean i feel like when did this happen to us like what made us think we needed to have two percent or like skin right. how sad it makes me so sad, <laughs> so sad. i know and lactose I mean, here's- free but not by choice so <laughs> so for oh, julie it makes hard sense. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but you okay. know who makes a really good one is um, Fairlife. Have you tried Fairlife? I have. Yeah. It's actually so good. You're right. I love them. And I like that you 
Um, sorry, we literally have like 20 questions for you, but we'll wrap no, up with like up, two please. more. No, I'm no, here. because we know you have, you have things to do with your life, but before you go, I just also wanted to ask because like, okay, like Tom Brady and Giselle oh, yeah. are very good with yes. like, they have all these things that they do and everyone's like, they do this, they do this. I don't believe it. But I've, oh, yeah. I've heard, I've heard from Giselle, like, she's like, yeah, but like Tom and I love a good date night with like vodka and wine and pizza no like she said that she was like we do that we like that too you know like she was like I love chocolate so like I like that you said like if you have specific things that you love like you should enjoy your life too yeah I mean what's up with them I just feel like they (laughs) are they're like the picture um like if we were to to create an actual photo or image of what aspirational looks like it would be tom and giselle and they're like harem of children with their (laughs) chef like running up behind them being like tom you forgot your quiche and it's like (laughs) that's like what i imagine um but yeah no it's true i mean there's no real way Mm -hmm. to live without um ultimately without ultimately like actually enjoying and having things that feel indulgent to you or feel like a treat to you. Like what are the types of foods that you always like to eat? They are always sort of in the mood to eat. What are the things mm-hmm. that you know you are always in the mood to eat, but might make you feel a little tired and you don't have time for that today or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then what are the things that you know are your staples or that you know are like the things that you only get on your birthday? Like remember when birthday cake was just for your birthday? Yeah. No, but like then once we realized that it was like the flavor was really good it started because we were seeing like birthday cake everything for a little while everywhere um, yeah but it's but like there's nothing you know and I don't see anything wrong with you having birthday cake when it's not your birthday that's not really yeah, the point but no. it's more about like what's special to you and and when and why and a lot of that like when you put it through that filter too it also shed some light on things that have nothing to do with food which is like because you love this occasion where you're on a date with Tom Brady or yeah. you love- Or you love this like moment with your family or with your friends or going out on a Saturday or whatever it is. Like there's always going to be those kinds of choices. So it's really about the priorities. It's just not about, it doesn't have to be these overwhelming sweeping priorities. It can be about like daily priorities that help you feel a little bit more like yourself. And then also, sorry, before you go, can you tell us about your, your like podcast or future projects you have? Yeah. That's exciting. So, um, so I'm starting out here on my own. I, I almost yes. broke into song, but I'll spare you. I can't <laughs> sing at all. Um, no, but I, so yes. So I'm kind of starting my own little in the works um, consulting small business, but yeah. I am also starting a podcast on, I think it's gonna, I think it's coming out on Thursday, the first couple episodes, but it's really oh all God. about how, yeah, I know That's if so I can scary. get it together, I really, it's time for me to be not so scared and actually push it mm-hmm. out the door. I feel like right. the only way I got that book out the door was having other people be like, okay, you you've passed the deadline now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easier when somebody else sets a deadline for you versus when you're setting your own, but mm-hmm. it's called on the side. Uh, on the side. It's, yeah. On and it's side. just like, it's conversations with, um, with lots of different people across food and beverage industry. So like chefs, restaurateurs, um, and also people working in, um, in wine and in, uh, and in hospitality. So like that kind of area of what a dietitian actually does is the food and eating part. And then another, Mm um, and then others who are coming on include, uh, psychologists, psychotherapists, 
um, anyone working. I've got a couple doctors coming up. So it really, it's like an exciting, like, wow, it's going to be so good (laughs) of what it's like to, um, to see multiple different areas of how eating food and practicing any form of self-care, even though that term can kind of be overused, but that how (laughs) different people in different kind of expert fields are practicing self-care and eating food that they love and staying well right now. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Yay. I can't, I I would love. You have three subscribers already. Yes. We're your fans. (laughs) I like to do the morning walks and like, sometimes I want to listen to podcasts. I'm trying to find like a good one. So this will add to our rotation for sure. So for those who might want to follow your Instagram or follow any other accounts, um, is there somewhere like, what's your username so people can look you up, follow for tips. I'm at Jacqueline London RD. It's J A C L Y N L O N D O N R D. Perfect. Yes, okay. everywhere. Guys, thank You're you so best. much. Thank, thank you. you. And we'll keep you posted on everything Amazing. before it's uploaded. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Thank You're you the best. so much. You so much. I appreciate this so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.